everybody. Welcome to the MMM podcast. This is Larry Dobrow from MMM. And uh, we have a terrific guest here today. We have Matt McNally, who's the CEO of Outcome Health. And we're going to be talking about the point of care space during the coronavirus era. Um, I think the point of care space is more valuable than ever before. And in a time of crisis, well, you know, it only amplifies it further. Uh, before we get going, though, let me just give one or two um, quick plugs. We um, have extended the deadline for MMM excuse me, award entries um, to April 22nd, so please submit your best work before then. Uh, we have a creative campaign um, contest. I guess contest is the right word for it going. It's called Let's Flatten the Curve, and we're interested in seeing your best creative around reducing the uh, potential uh, pandemic curve. So please submit that. Um, the information is available through our various social channels. And um, Matt, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Um, I know we bugged you on short notice for this, so appreciate you being able to come up with a couple minutes for us. No, Larry, I, I appreciate it, and um, I'm happy to talk here today. So thanks, uh, thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, you know, uh, we're recording, as I told you before, we're recording from uh, my eight-year-old's bedroom right now, which is the new MMM podcast studio. Uh, you know, he's been out of school for about eight days. He's already uh, pretty much feral, so it's going to be great whoever gets stuck uh, bringing him back in after this, you know. Uh, so tell me about, first and foremost, you and Outcome Health, just on a broad, broad level. Um, how is everybody? Um, how have things changed in the last couple of weeks, ever since we've all pretty much been frozen in place? Well, it's really interesting. You know, I think there's a few things. I think there's this notion that we've been going back and forth with at, at Outcome Health as we've been learning how to deal with, navigate, and support all of our stakeholders in the wake of COVID-19 and everything that's happening. It's really this idea that, you know, while kind of everything has changed, at the same time in healthcare, you know, nothing has changed, meaning, you know, we're, 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 main, we're maintaining an organization now that is continuing to work and support all of our stakeholders at the point of care. The part that has changed is we're doing that now 100% remotely. You know, we now have our entire staff, um, which is basically located in three key geographies, um, Tampa, New York City, and Chicago, working 100% remotely, which has been really interesting, one, to kind of watch the dynamics on how that plays out. But to more importantly see that we can operate an organization that's grounded on kind of technology and distributing content and experiences from a remote environment, which is, which is super interesting. I think what we've seen really heightened over the past week and a half is the need for, for point of care. And what I mean by that is we basically have, as, as most people know that are listening in, you know, three key stakeholders, you know, obviously patients and their loved ones, you know, the whole physician and nursing staff and healthcare professional community, and obviously the pharmaceutical industry and, and our agency partners. And what we've been fielding a lot of questions about over the past, you know, week and a half is really, how can we really leverage point of care now more than ever? Meaning that in this time of uncertainty, in this time when you have chronic conditions, like you, you still have to go and get your cancer treatment, you know, or your diabetes treatment or wherever it may be, how do we deliver accurate and credible information right now that really supports people at, at that moment? You know, so for us, it's been navigating, quote unquote, a new way of working, you know, i.e. remote, but also ensuring that we continue to deliver because patients and, and doctors and nurses and, 
the entire clinical staff need us now more than ever. Um, you know, as you said, obviously Outcome Health, three different locations. Um, how, how big an adjustment was it for everybody? I mean, certainly there was some advance notice, but you know, the way it worked for MM&M and for our parent company, Haymarket Media, it was basically, okay, you know, we're planning for this. And then two seconds later, boom, we were doing it. Um, how tough was it to kind of flip that switch and get everybody, um, you know, a first and foremost, obviously safely, but, you know, to get everybody into that mentality where, you know, they're doing their jobs, but they're just doing it in a different place and, you know, in a different way. Well, Larry, here's, here's what's really interesting for us. You know, one of our, our big locations is down in Tampa. You know, basically the easiest way to think about it without getting overly technical and all about the outcome health businesses, it's our customer support team and call center. And what we had done several months ago, you know, as we started to see the wake of hurricane season, is we did some rolling office closures to ensure that if something like this, and at that time we weren't planning for COVID-19, that if something happened where we had to all work remotely, that we could ensure that we would deliver. You know, so we had been for the past several months doing what we were calling rolling office closures, where we would close the New York office for a day, we would close the Chicago office for a day, we would close Tampa for a day and understand the trade-offs. And then obviously, as we started to prepare for COVID-19, we did a full office closure test, I think about two and a half or three weeks ago, probably now at this point, to ensure that we could work remote. You know, so our staff was getting ready to ensure that, you know, you know a pandemic, you know, a, a weather event that, that we could work remotely. And also we're a, a technology company, you know, so we are very used and accustomed to large video conferencing, especially since we work across three distinct geographies with, with very different needs. So I've got to say hats off to our team, you know, our, um, our engineering product and development team, you know, getting us up to, to running all of our IT services and our employees for, for once we had to finally go remote, everyone was ready. You know, so I think knock on wood, we've done it without a glitch. Um, and, and it's really a testament, I think, to preparedness for, for something like this. Um, you, you know, you said in the previous answer a little bit about how there are the three different audiences, three different stakeholders that Outcome Health has, you know, patients, providers, and uh, marketers. Um, tell me about some of the conversations building up to what we've been, you know, kind of thrown into. Tell me about some of those conversations. How are they different from one stakeholder group to the next? I think there's 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 nuances there's there's commonalities and there's differences. You know, I think the commonality is, and I would say all of us as consumers and just people right now, regardless of where you live in the world, is people really are trying to separate what I would call fact from fiction. You know, there's a lot of different news sources out there from treatment protocols and what should be done and what shouldn't be done. And I think every one of our stakeholders, as we're having conversations, are really helping us want our help in, in aiding them to kind of sort through kind of that fact from fiction. You know, so one of the things that we are hearing loud and clear is they want credible, accurate, and timely information regarding COVID-19 and what it means for them. You know, and obviously we then pivot that and customize that for what does it mean for patients? And from a patient perspective, we're looking at very different segments. You know, we are servicing a lot of chronically ill and at-risk patients. Their needs are very different than, than the offices that are flowing through our, our primary care 
you know, our customers that are, are flowing through our primary care offices. Physicians, what has been really interesting, and this, Larry, we've seen this week, um, you know, we deployed a lot of COVID-19 content last week. And a lot of it was our custom content that we've built at Outcome Health. We are taking approved content from the World Health Organization and the CDC and augmenting that with kind of animatics and, and graphics and videos and visuals to really make it easy to understand. And the physician community, our provider community, was so impressed by a lot of that content is we have seen an all-time high right now in the request for customized content from our providers related to COVID-19 from what they've seen. So it's, it's been very interesting. And then I think on the industry and pharmaceutical and manufacturer side, they've been asking us, you know, how do we stay the course? You know, we understand right now that, you know, now more than ever, specifically in chronically ill, you know, disease states like oncology, we can't halt treatments. You know, patients still need to go in. And they're asking us for supportive materials, supportive content to reinforce that message um, to patients and providers as well. Um, what you said before about facts from fiction, I think that's such an important thing, especially with so much misinformation out there. Um, you know, a as a result, you know, point of care and, you know, what Outcome Health does. I mean, in a way, is point of care more essential now, you know, during a crisis like this, even with some people almost being told, like, listen, if you're not that well, stay home. I mean, can't point of care still be <laughs> as essential in a time like this as it is, you know, on a day-to-day -day regular basis? Uh, we fundamentally believe, Larry and I have even talking, I've even spoken with some of our colleagues that, that manage and run other point of care companies. It, it's essential. You know, obviously there are traffic decreases in this time because of a lot of the things that you're saying. You know, if you're not critically ill, you know, even if you think you have COVID-19 and you're not an at-risk patient, they are recommending that you stay home. You know, what you're not hearing is it's because there are still patients that need a lot of help right now, you know, to manage, <clears throat> excuse me, their current disease states, their current treatment protocols. So we fundamentally believe that, you know, now there is a, a bigger need for, for point of care, specifically for what's happening within the clinical setting. You know, we're seeing in major urban areas, the reconfiguration of hospitals to ward off COVID-19 in, in certain wings so they can ensure that the other wings of the hospital still manage with all the other service lines that they need to deliver on every single day. You know, families are still having children. You know, grandparents still need oncology treatments. You know, people are still managing, you know, type 2, type 1 diabetes. You know, so we are trying to be as best of an advocate we can be right now during a, a very, very critical and challenging time. To that end, is that one of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now? You know, you said earlier that there is this huge demand for coronavirus, COVID-specific content. But at the same time, like you said, you know, oncology treatments, um, you know, people, women giving birth, any number of other underlying health conditions. How tough is it for you to strike that balance? I mean, what it is, is we, we didn't hire a bunch of new people, you know. So one of the biggest teams right now that is working around the clock for us is our content team and hats off to them. I think our content team has really pivoted from what I would say more of a content curator is who we were before, you know, a, an aggregator of different resources to now like a real-time newsroom. 
You know, we have folks watching in real time, what are the latest headlines and news coming from the CDC and World Health Organization? How do we deploy that content quickly to all of our, our hospital systems and doctor's offices around the United States? And then relying and working really closely with our content partners right now. You know, we work with Healthy Nation, we work with folks like Barrywell, we work with Headspace. You know, so we're really kind of maintaining that balance of how do we ensure that we deliver the main news right now, which is COVID-19, with all the other content that we need to continue to deliver for folks that are coming in and out of the hospital systems and clinical, clinical settings. How are some of those conversations with the content partners, you know, whether it's very well or Headspace or Healthy Nation or anyone else? Um, is it a matter of just like, hey, you know, we need you. What do you got? Or is it a matter of, you know, you can still sit down and do the deep level of, you know, strategizing and everything else that you do in a non-emergency, non-pandemic time? I mean, I mean, here's what I have to tell you, and it, it may sound, you know, slightly cheesy, but I think the the power of the human spirit that i've seen you know overall you know from the top of our conversation today about how is outcome health handling this and how our company is mobilized around working remotely to in this time of crisis where there's still only 24 hours in a day and only a certain amount of people to get the work done you know our conversations with our content provider partners have been nothing but but constructive and 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 successful and, and really, really supportive, you know, and we all just want to figure out how can we deliver collectively what patients and providers really need. You know, is it a bit more stressful because it's more time constraint? Sure. Um, you know, but I couldn't be more pleased about the sheer volume and quality that we are getting out, you know, in partnership with folks like Healthy Nation and Headspace and, and very well and others. Um, you've touched on this a little bit. But um, were there were there any moments of I want to call maybe moments of pivoting so far? You know, was there something that Outcome Health started doing? I mean, you say at the start of this crisis, but the start of this crisis was only a couple of weeks ago. Were there a couple of things that initially you thought, yeah, this is going to be one of our plans, and then maybe you reversed course on or tweaked or you know changed in some some appreciable way? Yeah, I think there's like little pivots, Larry, and there's I think much larger pivots. You know, I think some of the the smaller pivots is what we've realized is, you know, as a society, business unfortunately happens a lot over email. And what we've realized at a time like this is you need to pick up the phone or fire up the video conference. You know, in, Amen. Un in unsettling times, you, you, can't, you can't beat what you and I are doing right here, you know, and having a conversation and a dialogue. You know, and for us, it wasn't about a mass communication to all of our different stakeholders. It was phone call by phone call, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, white glove service, trying to really understand what are people's challenges right now? What are they unsettled about? What do they need from outcome health right now? And quite frankly, what do they need from the entire point of care space right now? And how can we support them? You know, so just kind of that business pivot was one. Um, you and I had spoken uh, several weeks ago about, um, you know, obviously we've been aggressively looking at this idea of, about 18 months ago, I started telling the, the industry that I felt that there was going to be a shift from point of care to moments of care, meaning that as you see things like telemedicine, remote care, remote monitoring become more and more status quo, the point of care industry needs to figure out a way to transcend the four physical walls and support patients 
in the clinical setting when quote unquote, the clinical setting may be, I'm at home having a video conference with my dermatologist versus being at my dermatologist. So I think the other big pivot right now is we are aggressively expediting some of the telemedicine conversations that we've been having with potential partners, um, specifically around how could we support them through some of the content we're developing and others. So that is definitely a, a pivot for us that, that we have been working through um, you know, as well. And I think the other biggest pivot is just outbound communications to providers. You know, we, we were doing content releases much more less frequently because the need was less. You know, now there is a need in healthcare of, of real time. So the other biggest pivot is kind of that newsroom idea that I was telling you about um, is probably a, a third bucket that we've seen a big shift in in our business. Yeah, I mean, that, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. So um, let me go into that right now. The, the, the ability of Outcome Health and some of the other point of care networks to do this. Um, you know, let's say that you, have a, you have a big print buy, you know, you, can, you can't turn that around. You know, um, for marketers, how, I mean, is this in a way, is this point of care, you know, a perfect situation? I mean, it's not a perfect situation for anybody for obvious reasons, but in terms of proving the value of point of care at a time when care is needed, those moments of care are more and closer between. I mean, is, is this point of care is kind of big spotlight moment for lack of a more elegant way to put it? I mean, it's, it's so hard and challenging to, to say that in a time like this. And, and, you know, I remember you did an article at the kickoff of, of 2020 saying similar, you know, that you fundamentally believed even before COVID-19 that 2020, uh, I think you said something like point of care was going to come of age or, or something like that. I believe that the, the COVID-19 pandemic that is, is happening around the world is now only going to skyrocket that without a doubt. You know, I think there's factors that we're seeing in the marketplace. You know, reps now cannot get in to, to see um, clinicians. And they may, not, Literally. they may not be able to get in for the foreseeable future, potentially maybe ever again. You know, so a lot of questions that we're fielding right now from the pharmaceutical industry are what are even more strategic ways that we can leverage point of care for non-personal promotion to our physician basis, which is, again, only something that I think is at the crosshairs uh, of making point of care a more important and critical marketing component and different. You know, point of care historically has been focused, I would say, 90% on consumer facing tactics for patients, I expect you're going to see that balance out now with that factor. Also, what you're seeing is I read an article by the CDC that um, I saw this morning that they are projecting basically a, a surge in office visits and hospital visits as this slowly starts to settle in. You're going to see patients that were being warehoused for treatments have to finally get into the office. You're going to see patients that had put off elective surgeries and other things get back into the hospital systems. And I think that's why you're seeing through a lot of uh, um, initiatives that are coming from the government, the, the double down on funding that's gonna happen for, for hospital systems around the world. And all of that is, is only gonna be, I hate to say a benefit for point of care, but it's gonna mean for us as an industry to figure out how do we support that onset and surge of patients into the clinical settings when we get into the summer um, in, in new and different ways. I mean, this is a silly question to ask, but 
you know, is point of care ready? Are you ready? Um, you know, given that I think everyone agrees that this is going to happen. I don't think it's going to be like, well, maybe, maybe not. Um, I mean, is, is everything ready to go? Or are you lined up? Do you have the support, the backup, the resources, all the other good stuff? I think when, when you look at it, ready is a, a hard thing to answer. I think when you look at the current arsenal that the outcome health and, and other companies that within the point of care space have in our tool belt, so to speak, absolutely. You know, a lot of us, um, a lot of companies have back office products for physicians. You know, a lot of us have devices and experiences that reach both audiences. So yeah, I, I think we're ready. I, I think what's going to be the challenging part is the, the new content that's going to have to be created. Um, you know, some new device feature and functionality, you know, now knowing that people may be a little bit more reticent to touch a device, you know, what, what does that look like? You know, we've been reinforcing to all of our clinical settings and, and practices that all of our devices are be, they're able to be wiped down, you know, with, with sterile and, and cleansing, um, you know, washes and solutions, just like they would with anything else in their office. So foundationally, Yes, I think we're ready. I think what's gonna we're gonna have to do as an industry is to figure out how do we scale that all together, you know, as this grows over time. Yeah, this is a follow up. It's almost a philosophical question. You know, how do you prepare for that? You know, the techno technological changes, everything else, while at the same time, you know, monitoring this incredibly urgent and you know challenging and unprecedented situation. I mean, is it possible to keep one eye trained? on what's ahead while still managing everything that's immediately in front of you? I mean, I think that's what being a good leader is, obviously. You know, I think you need to understand your business at hand, you know, and what you see within kind of arm's reach. But the best companies, especially during times like this, regardless of sector, are the ones that are looking where the puck is going and, and how we're going to pivot. You know, we have basically had our product team working remotely over the past week and a half on what are the pivots that we want to make to our product roadmap, giving the things that we're seeing, you know, the telemedicine things that I've mentioned to you, the surgence of, of patients that we feel we're going to see within some of our, our clinical settings, you know, as people may be reticent to bring their extended care teams with them to doctor's offices, what do our send to home features look like, you know, as, you know, mom can't take, her two kids with her into the doctor's office anymore as she's going in for her, you know, oncology update, but she wants to be able to share with her adult children what came out of that clinical setting in real time. You know, so those are some of the things that we're looking at, um, you know, over the next several weeks to ensure that we're ready for what's next. Actually, that leads into my final question for you. You know, obviously it's pretty impossible to be venturing, you know, long-term long -term guesses on where this is going and, you know, where we're going to be in six months. But um, let's say, you know, you know, gaze into the crystal ball um, you know, six months from now, where are we going to be? Um, is telemedicine going to have its, you know, breakout moment? Um, is some of the things that you talked about, about other technological changes and other, you know, content changes, um, are these going to be enacted within a six month period, longer, shorter? Um, give, me, give me your crystal ball. Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, Larry, I, I feel the pharmaceutical industry, specifically pharmaceutical marketers, are, are now going to look at what I call moments of care or point of care. And within that, I would, I would, I would aggregate in telemedicine yes. as one of the first levers that, 
that they pull and consider in their marketing mix. And what I fundamentally believe when you see what's, what, what is happening right now, if you are not prepared as a marketer to support a patient in the moment where it matters most, and it's in that interaction with a physician, and that's regardless if it's within the four walls or if it's over a video conference, it's a huge missed opportunity. And I feel that you are finally going to see this industry maybe get the credit it's deserved, and you can say it that way, but really be considered as, as one of those, those first levers. I think you're going to see that balance of how do we augment, you know, a, a clinical visit with telemedicine. You know, it, it's not a, a complete surrogate, but, it, but it's a complement. I think with telemedicine, you're going to see a, a huge scope and jump, I think, in things like, you know, telepsychiatry, um, yeah. telederm, um, like telerehabilitation, you know, post kind of shoulder surgery, knee surgery, you know, to keep people out of the clinical setting. I think tele-oncology will have growth areas, you know, obviously not from a treatment perspective, but for support, you know, specifically around these at-risk patients. I think the other thing you're going to see in that at-risk bucket is how do we keep the at-risk patients just healthy? So I think you are going to see my other projection is, you know, in combination with branded support messaging that is about a pharmaceutical product, you know, lifestyle tips, healthy living tips, supportive tips, specifically for those at-risk patients, you know, it, it, especially when you look at areas like respiratory and oncology and, and other, other therapeutic areas like that. You know, nobody wants to be dealing with a crisis of this nature, but to a certain extent, I mean, from everything you've said, it sounds like it's been an incredibly engaging and, you know, intellectually stimulating time for the company. It's been, it's really interesting. You know, I think obviously Outcome Health has gone through many transformations, you know, over, over many years. And I think what I continue to be impressed about specifically at Outcome Health is the resilience of the people. And I think instead of us getting consumed with what could go wrong, we have really been focused on, well, what could go right? Or what do we do to make this right? And, you know, I feel that we just fundamentally believe as a point of care industry, and again, I've spoken to colleagues, we have a responsibility, you know, to support people at, the, at these moments. And um, we take that responsibility very, very seriously. You know, so sure, have we had to pivot? Are we, you know, right now, like you, I'm, I'm sitting in a bedroom locked away from my dog so they don't bark as, as we talk. You know, and, <laughs> we got to get the picture. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you realize how to, how to work through it. Um, and I think the, the healthcare industry is about that as well. You know, and I think, you know, now more than ever, it's about how do we partner with folks? You know, I think you're going to see some unlikely partnerships. You know, people realize that they need X type of company to round out their offering to make it better for providers or, or patients. So, you know, we're trying to navigate like everybody else one day at a time, you know, while understanding that we've got a job to do, we've got a responsibility in front of us to support patients and providers in the moment where they need us most. And that's, um, that's at the point of care right now. It's a lovely way to think of it. And um, I love what your sentiment was earlier. You know, what could go right rather than what could go wrong? Uh, I think it's a little bit uh, 
human nature-ish in situations like this to focus on the negative, but uh, hey, let's see if we can turn that around, right? I agree. I agree, Larry. Mm -hmm. right. Matt, I can't thank you enough for your time here today. Really appreciate it, especially during such a busy stretch and on such short notice. I, I'm always happy to, to chat with you, and um, it's been uh, it's been great. But yeah, we'll um, I'm running back to other video conferences, and and we'll keep thinking, and we'll keep you guys up to speed with um, everything that's happening at, at Point of Care and with Outcome Health. So I appreciate the time as well. All right, absolutely. That was Matt McNally, the CEO of Outcome Health. This is Larry Dobrow for MMM. Thanks so much for tuning into the MMM podcast. We'll be back next week with more. Take care and be safe. Thank you.